legends, myths, ghosts, the paranormal, all these and more, exploring into the night, welcome. Welcome back my ghoul-seeking, witch-loving, ghost-seeing friends to episode number 12 of your favorite spookcast, Exploring Into the Night. I am your host, Galileo. Not long ago, a week to be exact, we talked about that what is probably the most famous legend in Mexico, La Llorona. While recording that episode, I started thinking of none other than Dracula. But not the one from Bram Stoker's novel, no no. I started thinking of the real Dracula, or should I say Draculea? Yes, his name is in fact Vlad Dracul III, also known as Vlad Tepes, Vlad the Impaler, Vlad Draculea. Vlad Draculea was a prince of Wallachia in current-day Transylvania, Romania. He ruled the land in a bloodthirsty manner, in such a way that he inspired the novel several centuries later. Vlad ruled during the 14, 1450s and was well known throughout Europe for the ways he handled his enemies, which gave him the nickname The Impaler. During these times, his country of Wallachia was in constant wars with the Ottoman Empire, as they were in the middle of their expansion years and wanted to take Wallachia for their own. During these wars, Vlad would lead his armies into battle, beheading all in his path. After those bloody battles, he would take the remaining enemy soldiers captive, and he would make them impale one another. The impaling process consisted of using a long 3-4 to four meter stake, sometimes even 5, with one side razor sharp pointy edge. They had to stab another of their colleagues right in the anus, and then they would lift the stake and stick it in a hole in the ground with the soldier still alive stuck on top. With time, the sharp pointy edge would cave into the rest of the body due to the soldier's weight and slowly pass through the entire body. If the soldier was lucky, the stake would stab their heart within 40 minutes of pain and they would just die. If not, the stake would go out any other part of the body and they would slowly bleed to death, sometimes taking up to 12 hours of only pain and torture. During these ordeals, Vlad would have a table set up and he would feast. Some historians say that he either had beef or pork, but other historians state that he would eat the limbs of his dead enemies. That's a nice lunch, think about it. After his armies fit finished impaling other prisoners, he would just leave them there for the incoming enemies to see and get a glimpse of their most certain fate. This, however, did not stop the incoming Ottoman armies as they would fall with the same grace year after year. It is said that he collected 
up to 20,000 spears with bodies all around his castle, Castle Bran, and the neighboring Brazov. These stakes or spears still stand in place today as a reminder of the horrific ways Vlad treated his enemies. Since they are made of wood, whenever the wood just rots, they're changed, but they're always still in place. Not long after these wars, Vlad was killed in what was obviously his last battle. He was decapitated in the Battle of Bucharest, his body was cut up in pieces and was later buried in the Snagov Monastery just north of Bucharest. His brother took his place in the throne and he negotiated with the Ottomans and brought peace and prosperity to his people. Vlad's bloodthirsty ways made him famous to the point of inspiring a novel. However, the Dracula in the novel is nothing like Vlad. Dracula is a soulless monster that feeds on the blood of people to stay alive. It is said that he has certain supernatural powers and has made a pact with the devil himself in order to be that way. He can convert any live person into the undead, such as himself, or he can just suck them dry. Once he does this, the soul of the person is sucked straight to hell as payment for Dracula's eternal life. In reality, Vlad was a very religious man. He was a Christian Orthodox for the larger part of his life, although in, in his later years he converted to Catholicism. This is why he was buried in a monastery. In fact, many historians believe that Dracula is also inspired another historical figure in neighboring Hungary, now, which is nowadays, but still within the same Transylvanian region. Her name is unknown to most and she actually lived also about some 100 years after Vlad. Her name was Hersebeth Bathory. To begin, Hersebeth is the Romanian equivalent of Elizabeth. Hersebeth would become one of the history's first recorded serial killers. According to legend, Hersebeth was a cruel serial killer obsessed with her own beauty. Being a member of one of the richest families in the region, obviously she lived in a castle. She only had female servants that were between 9 and 16 years old. One day, while walking out in the woods, Hersebeth encountered an old woman who she made fun of. The elder, elderly woman, upon being laughed at, cursed Hersebeth to grow older at a much younger age. This worried her as she was already 44 and getting quite close to being an old woman. Remember that back then people lived no more than 55 to 60 years. Once she had received this curse, her obsession with beauty became even stronger and got out of control. She went mad. It is said that she would kidnap her young servants and use their blood to bathe in an attempt to absorb 
the young blood and restore her aging skin. During this time, and with the, and with the disappearances of many young women in the area, people became scared of Hersebeth and quickly left her with no servants and no way to keep young. Then one day in 1604, Hersebeth hired a couple of thugs out of her security agents that had a very special task. This consisted in going to towns nearby, especially the bars and taverns, and kidnapping young women so that Hersebeth could bathe in their blood. A couple of years passed and in 1609 brought the end to Hersebeth's reign of terror. One day, one of her prisoners named Paula was able to escape her fate and she went to the religious authorities of what was go and told them what was going on in the castle and what happened to all those young women. Hersebeth was apprehended, but since she was a noble, the law prohibited her from being tried. She was instead locked up in her own castle. Workers sealed the doors and windows to her chambers. A couple of years later, King Matthew II of Hungary requested she be beheaded in payment of all the young women she had kidnapped and killed. When this was gonna happen, she was found by the guards face down on the floor. She had died of natural causes. Hersebeth's favorite manner of taking blood from the damsels was called the Iron Maiden, that consisted of a metal sarcophagus or wood that was filled with iron nails inside. The victim would be locked inside and the lid would be closed. Once closed, these nails would puncture the entire body of the person inside and they would slowly bleed to death, with all their blood draining from the bottom out of the sarcophagus and onto a bathtub where Hersebeth would be waiting for the youth to come back to her aging body. It is estimated that Hersebeth killed somewhere in between 100 and 150 young women. Well, these real life happenings are far worse than anything in the novel and or movies that I have ever seen about Dracula. And believe you me, I've seen them all several times. But coming back to vampires, we have found that a couple of, well, we have found a couple of vampire legends. This come from England. They were sent to us from Sophie from Essex. The first one is called the Vampire of Berwick. The earliest known account of a vampire-like being or revenants in England is from north from the Northumbrian town of Berwick-upon-Tweed. In this 12th century history of England, William of Nabro tells the story of a revenant terrorizing the town and its people. Newbro details that the following the death of a wealthy man, people reported seeing him rise from the grave and roam the streets. The superstitious people, of course, believed the devil was at work, and if they didn't act quickly, a plague would spread. 
They feared whatever this man was would spread, turning others into horrific beings like him. The townspeople followed the man back to his grave, and when the sun peeked over the horizon, they opened his grave and went about the business of dismembering his body and burning it. According to Newborough, the revenant no longer haunted the town, but a plague did spread, killing dozens. Those dozens thankfully remained in their graves. The second story that we have received is called The Croglin Vampire. Following the years of the English Civil War, there were stories of a being born of a mankind's darkness dreams stuck in the village of Croglin. Those who saw the being and lived to tell the tale described the vaguely human creature as having brown shriveled like skin and long grotesque fingers that he used to seize the young women by the throat. One well-known story comes from a house in the region called Kroglin Garage. The vampire allegedly visited a young woman nightly and fed upon her until she fell ill. One night, her brothers busted in and wounded the, f the fleeing creature with a gunshot to its leg. When they tracked the vampire to his tomb, they found it sleeping in a coffin. They smashed the coffin and proceeded to burn the vampire as it slumbered. Historians believed, or they still believe, the alleged creature of the night was actually a murderous madman with a history of attacking people. Whatever the case may be, the nighttime attacks ceased. Whether it be a ghost, ghoul, vampires, or any other creature of the night or stuff of legend, once killed, everything just seems to disappear. The last story that Sophie sent us is called The Surrey Vampire. Close to London is Surrey, and in the 1930s, some mysterious creature was on a bloodthirsty hunt. In 1938, a woman claimed that on three separate occasions, the, a, a creature she called a vampire swooped out of the sky and attacked her. She further stated, Whatever the creature was attempting to bite her neck and suck her blood. Whatever this bizarre creature was, it was never ascertained or made sure whether it was a vampire, since nothing was found out of the natural world. Vampires have been known to be one of the only creatures that appear in almost all cultures around the world. Just remember the legend of the Belen vampire that we spoke of in a previous episode. I can only be sure of one thing. If they're real, they're out there. So be careful. Carry some garlic to scare them off. And remember to always have a sharpened stick at home. So if one comes around, you can stab it in the heart. And remember, always, and I do mean always, Keep lots of silver, you know, just in case. Well, my friends, it's getting kind of late once more, and I sense it is time to go out and explore the night once again. Remember, if you have any stories, legends, myths, or personal experiences, 
and you would like for, the, for us to share them in this podcast, please send them to us to eitnpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter at Into Exploring or just type Exploring Into the Night. Talk to you in the next episode. This has been your host, Galileo. Have a very good evening.